When you're an American Express Platinum Card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've, I've lost count. Or, shoot that, shoot that! And even, checkout's not until four, so. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. This is Holly Fry from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander. With seating for up to eight passengers and available panoramic moonroof, you can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with the whole family. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota. Let's go places. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. The six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner. The rise, the fall, and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. This is the Lombardi Line with Michael Lombardi and Patrick Maher on VSIN. Okay, Lombardi Line, it's time to download Nevada's premier sports betting app, BetMGM Sports. All your favorite wagering options, in-game betting, boosted odds specials, and much more. Download the BetMGM app today. Stop by any MGM casino on the Strip. Bring that state-issued ID, and you're ready to bet. Whatever your sport, whatever your style, you're going to love BetMGM state-of-the-art technology, fan-friendly specials every day of the week. Visit BetMGM for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years or older, physically located here in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem, 1-800-522-4700. As we welcome you back, Michael Lombardi there in Jersey. I'm Patrick Maher here in Vegas at our headquarters at the South Point. That is one thing we, you and I always joke about mispronouncing names because I'm not great at it. And I think you would agree you're not the best at pronouncing names. Um, horrible. I get tripped I up as well. Uh, but Nevada, Nevada was a huge sticking point when I moved here. I don't, there are people that still don't talk to me because I, I said Nevada, almost like Gonzaga, Gonzaga. Yeah. It's Nevada. And if you say Nevada, Nevada here in town, they make sure you let Mick and the crew know it's, ne- got it's it. Nevada. Okay. Let's be very Nevada. clear about got that. It. Now I got it. Okay. Let's go on. Let's do it. Okay. So Nevada. my, 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 Nevada. <laughs> no, you said the second one, man. Don't, don't get it. Don't get it twisted in your head. Uh, okay. Miami of Florida. And we talked about Larinaga in 06 with George Mason going to the final four, an amazing run only topped now by St. Peter's as far as seating. Uh, Miami's yeah. getting some love in the market. A lot of bets. MGM reporting Miami's way open six and a half down to five and a half. And we know what they do. They've got the four guards at the quickness, get to the rim. They don't, take a ton of threes but they don't turn the ball over they don't turn you over 
it's an interesting matchup because Kansas is going to have a huge advantage on the boards. But, you know, Magusti, who was awesome, the six-year senior, and Miller and Moore and Wong, these are four legitimate guards for this Miami team, Michael. Yeah, and how old is Charlie Moore? I mean, he's going to face his former team because <laughs> he's right. got a lot of former teams, you know. And so Magusti, I thought, was sensational. So and, good. And, and, and Wardenberg has really played well. I mean, look, this team offensively through the ACC has been very good. They have been very good offensively, and they are a very, very good team in the open court. They can run it out. The challenge they have is they have to eliminate the open court for Kansas. They can't get into a track meet with Kansas because they can't match that. Kansas, they can't allow Kansas to have those easy transitional baskets where they've got to rely on, even though they're 114th overall in defici adjusted deficiency uh, defensively, Miami, is they've got to make this a half-court game. They've got to run to get their points. They've got to make it a half-court game to get to keep Kansas and make them execute in the half court and see what Kansas can get done. Because I think when we watch Kansas over the last few weeks, their half court execution has not been great. I mean, you know, nope. they were fortunate that Providence shot so poorly in the first half. Creighton shot really poorly. I mean, Creighton's sitting right there, Patrick. I mean, they're right there. They got a chance to beat him in that turnover. So, Ogajobi has not played to the level that we would expect him to play, you know, and I think ultimately if this becomes a half-court game and this score kind of stays into the, into the 70s, you know, if they can pace this game the right way, I, I think it gives Miami a hell of a chance. I, I totally agree. Now, I, I think I misspoke. Miami doesn't turn the ball over. They do turn you over, and that's where they'll that's get how they play defense. That, that's how yep. they play defense, and they're so busy with their hands. And you know what's interesting? When I watch Kansas, it's weird. They don't run on a lot of offensive sets because they want to run, they want to run, but they've got shot makers. The problem is, whether it's Braun Wilson, Remy Martin, who has been their leading scorer throughout the tournament, but Abaji. This is an interesting team who, remember, that 17-2 run by Providence in the second half, Kansas could have put them away, and they allowed the Friars to come back. This concerns me against a Miami team that is relentless, like you said, and playing well on both ends, and Abaji's in a slump. That's the Big 12 player of the year, a Naismith candidate, and he's averaging 10 points per. Yeah, I mean, and, and if it becomes a half-court game, don't you feel like Braun's got to be the guy that really really separates themselves and makes those shots from mm -hmm. outside? I mean, he's got to be the guy that really kind of, to me, uh, creates this this edge that they have uh, at three-point. I mean, during the season, they were a 35.5% throw three-point shooting team. And I, I think they're going to have to shoot better than that against Miami, especially if Miami makes this a half-court half game. And, and look, I think Miami, a little bit like Arkansas, until you play them. I thought Coach K had a great point when they interviewed him right as the game started. He said, we needed to get used to Arkansas's lateral quickness. It was something we really couldn't see. I think that's really important. I mean, when you watch football players play or you watch game tape of a team, you, you, you see their quickness, you see their movement, but until you play the game, you really can't get a feel for it from your players. You can't simulate it in practice. Of course, there's really been no practice because you're resting your players. So it's hard, and it takes the first five minutes of the game to get used to it. Kansas is going to have to get used to the the athleticism and the quickness of this Miami team, which is a little better defensively than you think because they can pressure the ball. Yes. And, uh, you know, and yesterday we talked about how they force the other, the worst ball handler to bring the ball up. That's how they create the turnovers. Yep. And I think that's really what they'll do. 
it's kind of kamikaze style on defense where they just never let you feel comfortable. And yeah, it, it really is. It's like, you know, I mean, look, let's face it. The one thing we love about the tournament, it is, is sets up as always a David and Goliath contest, right? We love that. I mean, the Malcolm Gladwell book, we love that. We love an underdog taking down a blue blood. And one of the effects of that is why we love it so much is there's certain ways teams have to play to win. And Musk yesterday couldn't create a scenario where Duke would have to play a certain way for him to win. Duke, Duke just neutralized every single one. I don't think that's going to be the case today. Miami can create a certain style that Kansas won't be able to duplicate, especially way their best player isn't playing his best. Here's what I'll say about Miami, and I'll give you the numbers right now. Bet MGM. Miami is taking 69% of the bets and 75% of the money to handle there, Michael. So uh, love for Miami, and I think for good reason. Again, open six and a half. It's now five and a half. But think about it this way. Providence scored 17 count them 17 points in the first half and covered the seven and a half chalk so think so a Kansas is just there's something a little off they are prone to turn the ball over and of course we just talked about Miami turns Miami's top 10 in the nation turning you over so no it, doubt this so this is going to be a, a this is going to be a challenge for those guards in Kansas and I mean Providence scored 17 points in the first half now we know that when we watched that first half it was painful but they had some good looks I mean they had some good looks they were 17% for the game from the three-point line. You know, I mean, mm -hmm. they had some good looks. They just didn't hit any shots. Reeves was one for seven. You know, Norchler was, was, what, two for eight in that game. So in the second half, when they got their feet underneath of them, they scored 44 points. So they, they, it's there. Uh, and my point here is, is, again, Providence, much like Creighton, couldn't finish the game. I mean, Creighton had every opportunity, every opportunity to beat this team. Every opportunity, and they made that horrendous turnover late in the game that really cost them. And, and I think that I don't think that's going to happen again. I, I don't think that that Miami will make that. I mean, remember Creighton shot 42 percent from the three-point line, right? Yeah. Where Creighton lost the game was Creighton couldn't get inside the three. They shot 29 percent. That's what killed them. I think Miami's a little undervalued here. Eight and two ATS is a dog this year. The one, if I'm a Kansas backer, I will fight back and push back a little bit and say, well, we just beat Providence, a bunch of vets, when Abaji and McCormick scored a total of like 10 points. So that yeah. you can push back if you're Kansas because they have so many shot makers. Uh, but I do like Miami in the matchup. But, but I think about, I mean, look, I would I, I'd pick Kansas to go all the way and win the whole thing. But I was counting on Abaji playing at a higher level. I wasn't That's counting fair. on Abaji, you know, scoring 15 against Creighton, only scoring averaging 10 for the tournament. I was counting on him rising his game. Now, if he rises his game, I think that'll be a hard thing for Miami to beat. I think if he plays how he plays, how he and Braun play, I think that's going to be the difference in the game. The Coming into the Elite Eight, your Kansas Jayhawks, just because you have them cutting down the nets, they were your favorites. Now, adjusted number with Duke advancing. Duke plus 160 to win it all. Kansas plus 240 to cut down the nets. Nova's short at 3-1. to one. I'm sorry, the, the loss of more. Well, I think the only reason Nova's 3-1 to one is because of the injury. I mean, don't you feel that? The, lo the loss is catastrophic. It's yeah, just, I mean, it's really it's it's impossible, right? So it's you know that that to me is was why I think there's there's no value there on that, you know. So, but I I I ultimately do think that you know if just let's just say Miami wins, let's say this, and let's say that North Carolina wins today, 
Can you? The Final Four will have three ACC teams in it, and no one thought the ACC was any good this year. Again, the ACC generally gets close to eight teams in the dance. They got five this year. Three could be dancing in the Final Four. It's incredible, and the Big Ten continues it, to disappoint. The Big Ten is garbage. And the Big Ten is supposed to be the greatest conference in all the sports. You Get know? the hell out of here. I, I mean, the one thing I will say, we'll have Thomas Gable talk about this, but for us here in New Jersey, as much as we love the St. Peter's driving force, you know, Thomas can't take action on that game, which is just ridiculous. He can take action on Villanova, which is closer to Atlantic City than St. Peter's, but he can't take action on St. Peter's. It's ridiculous. Leave that bracket up. Here's, I can tell you what the TV execs don't want. Even with St. Peter's being a great story, they don't want them winning today because Duke, St. Peter's, Villanova, and potentially Miami, a basketball powerhouse, ending up in the Final Four, that's disaster for viewers. Oh, I mean, the Duke, the, could you imagine? Oh, my God, the Duke, if it's Duke, North Carolina, there'll be more Venet, there'll be more production. Oh, my God, this will be unbelievable. Do you think there'll be a you Coach know, K story uh, expose done? I would set the over under at four. Hundred? I agree. Four Coach K <laughs> stories, yeah. <laughs> I totally agree. Um, Stephen Bond will produce one. He'll be working, he'll be working, he'll be he's subcontracting them, he'll be having to do one. By the way, speaking of names, I am yeah. naming, uh, whether it's a boy or a girl, my first kid, Remy Martin, because that name is lit. Isn't that yeah, booze? I mean, well, is that booze? Yeah. Remy yeah, Martin? I mean, I, yeah. It, isn't it? Yeah, it is booze. Yeah, yeah that's absolutely. a great name. And you can't get it wrong. It's Remy Martin. All right. <laughs> coming back with, you know what? We're going to switch gears because we got Gable and Will Hill coming back with the Bears. Yeah, I said it next here. Marquee. It's the Lombardi line. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds... It was shocking. I have to know, what were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you. Because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K smart TV is now just 348 With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app. Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for. Listening to the Lombardi Line on VSEN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. 
Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. Wendy's breakfast. Oh, the pain. In a good way, because I have to read it, and I'm hungry. But the official breakfast of March Madness. Every day, choose from Wendy's stacked starting lineup. You get the breakfast baconator, croissant combos, hot or cold coffee, cold, please. And like any great team, Wendy's is bringing the breakfast legends. Oven-baked sizzling bacon, freshly cracked eggs, perfectly seasoned breakfast potatoes, and simply OJ to bring it home. Make your fast break to the nearest Wendy's drive-thru and pick up your Wendy's breakfast, the official breakfast of March Madness. Choose wisely. Choose Wendy's. I don't really even like sugar, but I do like Frosties. Mm. Those are lit. Frosties. Kind of hard not to like a Frosty. Kind of hard not to like a Frosty. It's impossible not to like. And the Baconator is is also great. Uh, We're going to have Thomas Gable. I'm going to try to squeeze a Des Moines play of the two games out of him today. Coming up in just a little bit from the Borgata. Will Hill's going to join as well. Just a quick, uh, just a slight little transition here. How would you, I would say the Chicago Bears offseason, dull. I mean, they bring in a new GM. They bring in Iberflus as the head coach. They don't have a first-rounder this year. Traded it for Fields last year. Got rid of Allen Robinson. Got rid of Khalil Mack. Where are you right now? And I'll give you the numbers, but where are you sitting right now with the Bears? Well, I think it's a cleanup year. I mean, I think this is ultimately about cleaning up their cap. This is ultimately about trying to get to pay for the sins of what they've done in the past, you know, and, and, and trying to remove some of the problems and give themselves, set themselves up to move forward. This is going to be a level year where they're just going to try to kind of balance themselves, get their cap in order, move, move forward for the year and develop a program around their quarterback and find out how good he is. I think it's probably the smart play. I mean, they've got a ton of money that they have allocated in prior years that they sit there. They're 45 Five million dollars of dead money. Now, 24 of that is because of Khalil Mack, but there's still the Jimmy Graham, the, the Andy Dalton's got five million, you know, Eddie Goldman, who they paid. So this is really about trying to clean up. Ryan Poles, their general manager, is trying to clean up the cap. And what better time to do it than in your first year? And the challenge he must do is he's got to repair this offensive line. I mean, he's got to hope that Pace saw something in, T- in Tevin Jenkins, who he picked in the second round, to be his left tackle. He right now doesn't have a right tackle on the team. You know, you know, Larry Broom, the kid that they drafted in the fifth round last year. This offensive line, they signed Lucas Patrick from Green Bay, but it's not very good. And so they're going to need to do that. Also, their receiving core. You know, they lose Allen Robinson. You know, who's their number one receiver? They bring Pringle in. You know, Mooney's a really good player, but now all of a sudden he's not. St. Brown they signed from Green Bay. This is going to be a complete transition year, and I think a lot of it will be an opportunity to bet the under, depending on what Vinny and the boys set this number at. I, I don't have a lot of hopes for this team really being very good next season especially as they go through this transition, uh, because I think they're going to have a hard time. I don't think Fields will be, as John Madden once said, the great deodorant to cover up all their problems. I don't think that's going to be the case. I want to ask you about Fields in just a second. I will say this, Jamar Chase, Burrow, former teammates, that connection worked out. Now, they don't have a first-rounder. Garrett Wilson and Alave are going to be first-rounders, but it'd be nice to get Fields with some familiarity there. They need a receiver. They do, well, they do, you know, but they need a lot of things. I mean, well, you're not this, but you, you know, the one thing I think Ryan Poles has to recognize is you didn't get this job because your team's talented. 
you know, they don't give you houses in Beverly Hills. You know, there's no free homes in Beverly Hills. Doc you Rivers this, has one. You got this, yeah, well, but, he, you know, he's, he, he's in Malibu. But and I'm just trying to trigger Obviously, you. he's earned it. Yeah, <laughs> he's trying to stir me up, aren't you, Patrick? You're trying to get me off track, you know, trying to get me going. I mean, look, look I, I think if you're Ryan Poles, you, you got to say, forget about, we're not going to get all this done in one year. Let's focus on what, what really matters in core team building, which is let's fix this offensive and defensive line. Let's try to repair that. You know, we've signed Justin Jones from Chicago. Give us a big guy inside. You know, we've signed Muhammad from Indianapolis to help Iberflus get some other players in there. We still have a really good player in Rokon Smith. Robert Quinn was sensational at 18 sacks, the quietest 18 sacks you're ever going to see in your life. But he had them. And so I, I think you got to just gradually build this offensive and defensive line around fields. And to me, if I were in his shoes, it would be all about the offensive line. I would be scared to death to put fields on the field with these two tackles that we currently have, including Jenkins and Baram. I would be scared to death of both of that. I would want to find a way to get a better player in that area. Now, they've signed Dakota Dozier from Minnesota, who was an off-and-on starter. You know, they have a second-round pick in Whitehair that sits on the bench, who has never started at center at certain games but got, out, got beat out last year. But this is all about, to me, this is going to be an unsexy offseason for Bear fans. It's about repairing the lines. And by doing that, they need to lay the foundation to see if Fields is good enough because I don't know if anybody in that building – truly, truly knows if Fields is good enough. I mean, Luke Getzey, their new defensive, offensive coordinator, he's got to wonder, is he good enough? Is he going to be good enough? You know, and, and then the question that I have that I think most Bear fans don't want to hear is, how good of a defensive coach is Eberflus? How good is his defense? Can you win with his defense? Can you win with spot drops? Can you win with cover three, cover one? Can you win with the way he plays defense that really doesn't create a lot of problems? Just ask Trevor Lawrence in the last game of the year. Can that happen? And will Eberflus change defensively his scheme? You know, he got this job because Tony Dungy. He got this job because of Rod Marinelli. He got this job because of their relationship with Bill Polian. That's how he got this job. Okay, but let me say this from anybody who studies the NFL, who knows the NFL, Eberflus's defense. And I wrote about this in the column. It's one of the areas why I think Indy will be better next year is they were not good enough on third down. They were not they were they were not good enough on fourth down. They gave up 61 percent of the fourth down conversions. They were 19th in the league, Indianapolis last year on third down conversions playing in a dome. And they gave up 141 points in the fourth quarter. 141 points in the fourth quarter Indianapolis did. So now that tells you they get worn down. If you're a Bear fan, you got to watch that. Why did they lose so many close games last year, Indianapolis? Wentz had a lot to do with it. He insisted on trying to throw the ball left-handed. You know, <laughs> however, also their defense was just very generic. Spot drops, read the quarterback's eyes. It was high schoolish. If that doesn't change... I think it's going to be hard to get enough talent defensively to Chicago to be a dominant team. It's a great breakdown. And, Michael, I unfortunately started this segment calling the offseason for the Bears dull. I stand corrected. My friend Bill William writes in, and for our friends at Marquee that are watching on Marquee Network, I called it dull, but they did, try, they did sign Trevor Simeon, so I stand corrected. 
Not a dull offseason. <laughs> yeah. Simeon is in Thank there. You. Yeah, well, I mean, look, look, look. I mean, and they still have Nick Foles under contract because one thing about Ryan Pace, you know, Ryan Pace is now to Bear fans. He's like the boat through the wake zone. You know, he went 100 miles an hour, and now you guys are going to have to deal with all his wakes he's left behind. And one of them is Nick Foles. You know, one of them is you can't get away from that contract. You know, the, 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 uh, the pace and Nagy administration has created problems, and Poles fairly is going to have to recover from them. And this year's a recovery year. It's a recovery year. And the coach they've chosen as head coach has got to prove that he is a, as the media wants to call him, a defensive mastermind. There was no masterminding going on. You ask any Indianapolis fan last year. In fact, let's put the tape on and watch Trevor Lawrence go up and down the field when the playoffs were on the line. Question for you, and then I'll give you the odds in division. By the way, they're your third betting favorite in the North, and I'm, you know, always dubious about the Lions. The Lions, I think, are going to be better in the Bears this year, but quickly. Um, oftentimes, a franchise, a team takes on the personality of their head coach. Can you help me understand what the personality is there, what the Chicago Bears will be like under Eberflus? I think they'll try to be athletic and up the field, it's the Rod Marinelli, it's, the, it's, the, it's that scheme. I don't think that works anymore. I don't think it works. I think you need more power, you know? And look, one thing Indy did great last year, they created turnovers. And the, the turnovers became a deodorant for all their problems on defense. And people overlooked their problems on defense because they were able to create turnovers. But they played less defense last year because of the great running game that the, that the Colts had. When this team has to play 32 minutes of defense with Eberflus style, they will get worn down. It will be a huge problem for them. And to me, it doesn't set. So with, what's the personality? I think it's about athleticism. I think it's about getting up the field, trying to create turnovers. If that doesn't happen, they become an easy target. Now, here's the point, too. It's really important. When you, cre you create turnovers in a dome are different than creating turnovers outdoors. Different scenario. And I think that's going to play into effect here. Do you believe in Justin Fields? I'm cautiously optimistic. I don't. I didn't believe in them coming out. I thought he was another one of the long lines of quarterbacks that didn't have rhythm, that didn't have great mm -hmm. anticipation, Fair. that didn't see the receiver and throw him open. Now, I'm gonna, I thought it got better, and I'm going to see if it continued to get better. But I think he's a play-action passer. I think that's what he is. I think he's very athletic. I think he can run with the football. But I don't know what his durability is going to be like. Remember, he played a little bit this year and kept getting hurt. But granted, he's a young kid, so he's going to have to develop his body. But I, I have my doubts. I'll be cautiously optimistic. I think you need 20 games before you can say yes or no on the quarterback. As a tremendous breakdown. If this doesn't work, if this doesn't work, Patrick, I mean, Bear fans, if he's not the guy and the guy that – and you allowed the guy to pick Fields that was the same guy that you allowed to pick Trubisky. That's right. That's on, Bears, that's on the Bears' ownership group. Once you allowed him to do it twice, that's not on him. It's on you. Great breakdown from Michael Lombardi on the Bears. If you're watching on Marquee Sports Network, we apologize. We just ruined your Sunday. Thomas Gable's next. Sorry. <laughs> Listening to the Lombardi Line on VSIN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay, I'm going to do it again. Wendy's Breakfast, official breakfast March Madness. Every day, choose from Wendy's stack starting lineup. Breakfast Baconator, get it. It's awesome. Croissant combos, hot or cold coffee. It's a great team. Wendy's is bringing the breakfast legend. Sizzling bacon, freshly cracked eggs, perfectly seasoned breakfast potatoes. Here's the bottom line. Get out there right now make a break for your nearest Wendy's drive-thru. Pick up Wendy's Breakfast, the official breakfast of March Madness. Choose wisely. Choose Wendy's.
Michael Lombardi there in Jersey. I'm Patrick Maher uh, here in Vegas. This is VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Speaking of Jersey, Atlantic City, not too far from Michael. And we bring in our buddy, runs the race and sports book at the Borgata, Thomas Gable. We call him TG affectionately. Thomas, how are we feeling, man? Doing great, guys. Uh, how are you today? Doing good. Wrapping up the Elite Eight. Yeah, and you, uh, you've you had a productive tournament. Was yesterday productive for the book? Uh, so the first game, Houston Nova, with no, no decision really on that other than the total. Um, people were betting the under, which we, we talked about yesterday on the show, and uh, certainly the under cash with no problem in that <laughs> one. Um, you know, that was a, it was a game that, you know, listen, if you liked offensive basketball, it was a really tough watch. But, uh, you know, Houston, uh, I, they played offensively about as poorly as they possibly could. Uh, I think shot, what, 5% from three for the game. Um, you, you know, they played defense fine. I mean, listen, if we were on the show yesterday morning and we said Villanova is only going to score 50 points in that game, people would have been running with, to bet Houston with two fists in that game, and uh, just uh, but a great effort from Villanova. Again, they're just uh, such a such a well coached team, and they are so fundamentally good. They're not going to blow anyone out, but they are just a, a tremendous team. And um, kudos to them making the Final Four. It's going to be uh, it's going to be tough, though. One of the things again we talked about yesterday with them is their. Uh, lack of depth, and now you know with uh, taking one of the pieces out from that team, uh, it's it's going to leave a big hole for them uh, come Final Four. Thomas, in your power rankings, where would you have Purdue if Purdue played North Carolina in the Sweet in the Elite Eight round? What would what would that line be? Uh, Purdue North Carolina. Um, yeah. Let's see here. I got. And and by the way, while you look up the number, I would have made up. Go ahead. Oh, go ahead. I would have probably made Purdue. Um, it, it's it's very close to pick a game. I probably would have made Purdue a short favorite, probably a one point favorite. All right. So the, here's the reason why the question goes. You know, is Purdue's a 13 point favorite against St. Mary's, and now North mm -hmm. St. Peter's, excuse me, and now St. Peter's is just a eight, seven and a half, eight and a half point dog to North Carolina when you power rank both teams similar. Mm -hmm. To well, me, there, right. there's, a, mean, there's a little bit of the line there that, that is a void here. And I understanding that St. Peter's is playing much better. I'm not, I'm not arguing that at all. But I'm just, yep. to me, there's a little bit of a gap here. Well, clearly, I think at this point, let's just say the, the roles were reversed there. And St. Pete's had beaten North Carolina, and now they're playing Purdue today. They would not be a, uh, a double-digit dog to Purdue today. Yeah. By the way, did you close out the Zillow tab on your computer and stop looking for houses in Houston after the Cougs let you down yesterday, Thomas Gagum? <laughs> I mean, that was disgusting. Well, can't hit free throws, one of 20 from three. That was a gross offensive performance. Yeah. No, it really was. It was. I mean, they shot as poorly as, as possible. And, um, you, know, you know, again, Villanova, they, they play defense. And the other thing that I think went under the radar a little bit in that game Houston was not able to win the rebounding battle. I think they're virtually even in rebounding. 
Villanova did a great job in that sense because Houston, that's where they live, is is hitting the glass and uh, out-rebounding you, and Villanova did a great job there in uh, taking that strength away from Houston. Good point. Good point. All right, let's do it, boys. Let's cap today's games. Uh, we'll start that North Carolina matchup. Are you up to eight and a half off an eight opener? Where are you sitting? He doesn't have it. Oh, that's right. Why well, do I keep on asking board. him about Jersey teams? Yeah, well, how would I'm you, off the board. How, where would you set the number? <laughs> no, I think it's, you know, the market right now is pretty much eight and a half everywhere uh, from from what I'm seeing. And, you know, I, I think that's, that's, a fair, uh, that's a fair number for this. Would you bet um, it? I would I would not I wouldn't I would not bet this one either way um, on the side at least I I wouldn't have a lean um, I it's tough you know St Pete's their their defense is certainly going to be their strength they they want to make sure that this game is uh, probably played as slowly as possible uh, and you know they've exceeded all expectations I would not bet against St Pete's. Uh, you know, I've counted them out three times and been wrong, so I'm not going to say that they can't do it today. Uh, but, um, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's going to be a fun watch, I think, uh, tonight for everybody, especially in this state. Uh, even though you can't bet it in this state legally, it's going to be a fun watch because everybody's, everybody's uh, on the St. Pete's bandwagon here. Oh, you'll have a full house. I mean, say the, there'll be more peacocks in the Borgata than you could ever know what to do with. You didn't think you had that many. I mean, for a, for a program that couldn't even send its cheerleaders to the tournament, I mean, this has been remarkable. And like I've said, they haven't won since they haven't lost since February 20th when the when the Siena team beat them. So, look, I, I'm, I've been against them every week, but at some point that 15th has to show up. It just can't always be Cinderella. You would think so. We totally agree. Miami, Florida, Kansas. Uh, this is a very interesting matchup, Thomas. Where are you at with the number, and what do you think about this one? So, first, let's give credit where it's due. Six teams remain in this tournament right now as we stand here this morning. 50% of them are from the ACC. And yeah. <laughs> for a conference that we've talked about all season about being a down year for them, their teams are peaking at the right time. So yeah. here the most unlikely of the three ACC schools remaining, Miami, they're going up against the number one seed, Kansas. We, we know how good Kansas is offensively. Miami also very good. They do not turn the ball over. They shoot at a high percentage from inside the arc. They're pretty average from three, shooting 34.4%. And if Kansas pushes the pace here, I think Miami will be fine with that. I, I think the main difference in this matchup is going to be on the boards. Kansas enjoys a significant rebounding advantage over Miami, which is where Kansas will be able to put this game away. I, you know, Kansas very efficient on both ends of the floor. Miami's been a great story in this tournament, but I think Kansas should be able to get past them here, move on for that date with Villanova in the Final Four. Kansas currently laying five and a half. The the total is actually dropped. It is now 145 and a half. We are seeing money here to the under. Uh, ticket count virtually even, but more money here on Miami. More money. Yeah. Okay. I mean, gotcha. I, I I could see it. I mean, I, I think you're right. I mean, this is such a. Uh, I mean, Miami has to kind of get them to not play great in transition, and they've got to stop the transition offense of Kansas and make this a half-court game, So, which lends itself to the under. I would agree. Yes. Yes, it does. I, I, you know, initially I thought, you know, where we opened, I think we opened this 147 and a half. 
uh, I thought maybe, well, that we probably this could go over that number, but the market has uh, shown that they're uh, they're expecting it to be under. And why not? I mean, uh, the under has been very profitable for betters uh, so far in the uh, in, in this round and and the Sweet 16. So. Hey, TG, we just got two minutes left, and I, I keep on mistakenly asking you about these Jersey teams. Can you let the national audience know why you can't bet on Jersey teams there at the Borgata? Just kind of give them a brief overview. Sure. So uh, when PASPA was repealed back in 2018, uh, Jersey had already voted to legalize sports betting uh, years prior to that. And then, of course, they had to take uh, the leagues. I actually took Jersey to court to um, – ended up going to the Supreme Court for PASPA to be repealed. But in the initial law for, for New Jersey that passed the legalized sports betting, uh, certainly for political reasons and to get, I guess, state senators and, and legislature on board, they put a caveat in there where you could not bet on New Jersey universities or colleges, and you also could not bet on any college games being played in the state of New Jersey. So you may have two out of state schools playing a game at a neutral site in New Jersey, and we cannot offer that either. Uh, so we did attempt to have that uh, overturned, I guess, last uh, November. We, it was on the ballot here again. Uh, the voters did not vote to, to overturn that, so it stayed the same. Uh, but just for everybody's information, 2025, the uh, East Regional for the NCAA tournament will be at the Prudential Center in Newark, and um, that would take a, basically that whole uh, site off the board here in New Jersey unless it gets overturned before then. And by the way, we all how have... do we get it overturned? Yeah, how do we how get, do it, get over? it overturned? Does it have to go back up to a to to another vote? Yep. Yes, it'll get back on the ballot again, and the voters would have to vote on it to uh, to change it. And nationally, Michael, we all have Chris Christie to thank for the legalization of sports betting because he was the one in the state of New Jersey mm -hmm. pushing for it when yep. it was governor there. So the irony yep. that you can't bet in state on the Jersey teams. Thomas Gable sounds like he's going to lay off St. Peter's in North Carolina. He likes Kansas. That's the vibe. Thank you, buddy. Appreciate it. Thanks, TG. Appreciate all right, you. you. Thank next? As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds... It was shocking. I have to know, what were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you. Because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K smart TV is now just 348 With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app. 
Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for. Listening to the Lombardi Line on VSEN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. Unleash the spirit of Las Vegas. BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks, with BetMGM Rewards. Every time you make a wager at BetMGM, you can earn BetMGM Reward points. And this is really cool. I mean, you do it with your credit card. Why not do it with your betting, right? At Vs, excuse me. At BetMGM, download the app or BetMGM.com. You log in, and what happens? You start accruing points, and then you can use those points for online bonuses or convert them into comps at MGM Resorts nationwide. So make sure you check it out. Loyalty program. Eligibility restrictions do apply. You got to be 21 years or older, and if you have a gambling problem, it's 1-800-GAMBLER. Okay, Michael Lombardi there in Jersey. I'm Patrick Maher here in Vegas. Uh, we've got our buddy Will Hill joining, of course, the New York City cast over at vcin.com slash podcast. And we say hi to a bearded Will. Uh, let's go back to mm -hmm. yesterday. You look good, Will. Let's go back to yesterday. I know you needed a, one free throw, one or two free throws to hit that over Arkansas Duke. You want to start there? I was a little surprised, you know, that Arkansas, they got a layup, a steal, another layup, usually down nine. There were still 55 seconds left. Usually you get a token foul. Duke was in the one and one. And you could say, you know what, like less than a 1% chance, you know, Arkansas wins the game at that point. You're right. But uh, we saw five or six years ago, remember Texas A&M was down 12 with 40 seconds to go and they came back and won. So usually you get that token foul or two, and that actually affected the total and it affected the second half line because Arkansas covered the second half uh, line on that. So I, uh, I was surprised they didn't foul, and I was I was personally offended they didn't foul. <laughs> you were offended is a good way of yes, putting of it. Yes, of course he was. Yes. <laughs> Did you take anything? Think, Go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say, I think Musselman, three things with that game. I thought Arkansas got a terrible whistle. Uh, I thought they missed a ton of shots at the rim, and I think uh, Lombardi, if you talk to Musselman in the next couple of days, he's going to go back and look at that film and say, we took some really bad shots. I think, you know, close shots they missed, and then just some really, some, you know, uh, ill-advised shots really did them in. I, but I think that if you were to title their season, you know, long live the bad shot might be the title of their season. I mean, that's who they've been all year, Will, is they've taken, I mean, Note, as they says, as the Raf said, I mean, he, he had no shame. He'll keep shooting. They, they prided them. I mean, they, they won with defense. They made no moans about it. And unfortunately, they played against a team that had way too many weapons. And you can't double everybody. And you can't half-man everybody. And I think that's what happened. They did take a lot of – I mean, trust me, I, I shake my – I've watched a lot of Arkansas basketball this year, and this wasn't the first – First time I shook my head and said, man, that's a really bad shot. Yeah, when it comes to taking bad shots, he's a J.D. Yeste. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry. It's just it's getting late. Uh, no. and there was a sequence. Yeah, there was a sequence at the end of the first half. It was like two minutes left. They're down four. They miss a layup. It could yep. have cut it to two. I, I, know and then, I know exactly yeah. what you're talking about. Yep. Yep. Totally. They could have settled for the last shot. And they, you know, they, they shot it early. They gave Duke Launched an opportunity. It. Then Duke hits a three. Just tough. Yeah. The um, And I thought. Our buddy Thomas Gable brought up a good point. I, Villanova just kept on grabbing offensive boards yesterday and getting second-chance opportunities against a Houston team that generally dominates. What would you take from that pitiful offensive game we watched? Yeah, sometimes it's better that the tournament's one and done and we don't have to watch a best of three or a best of seven. That was just uh, that was tough to watch. I think Barkley said it well. You score 44 points in a regional final, uh, you deserve to go home. That was a, a brutal watch yesterday. It was, yeah, it was yeah, gross. I'm 
I mean, and, you know, look, they try to play – you know, the one thing you got to give Villanova credit, Houston tried to take it to them and play tough, and, you know, they made it very challenging for Gillespie, but, but Villanova didn't back down. You know, and and give Gillespie credit. He wasn't trying to become a hero. He was, you know, he dish, he gave the ball up when he had to give it up because he really didn't have any shots. I mean, he really had no sh- – I mean, he would penetrate, get there, and then he had nothing to do once he got there. Yeah, Houston did a good job on him. And I think you're on to something with that knee. I think he's banged up. Okay, one favorite, one dog getting bet right now as I look at the board. We'll start with, you know what, let's start with the Cinderella. St. Peter's and North Carolina. Carolina open eight at most shops, up to eight and a half. Do you have a lean? 137 is the total. Well, no, according to uh, according to Kenny Smith, uh, St. Peter's is not a Cinderella, and nobody's surprised that they're here. He actually said that at the halftime show yesterday. <laughs> of Duke Arkansas, uh, that is false. Believe. That is false. Yes, that would be, I mean, they are the greatest Cinderella story in the history of the tournament, uh, and it's amazing. We could get a Duke-UNC Final Four, and that's not even the best storyline. St. Peter's versus Duke would just be incredible. I like St. Peter's. Now, this isn't a great matchup. Uh, you know, UNC, they don't foul you, and they don't give second-chance opportunities. So, you know, they keep you off the foul line, which St. Peter's kind of needs to get to the line. But I just think St. Peter's is hard to prep for. You know, it's kind of a, a junk. They're a junk ball pitcher. You know, that's they, uh, an offense where it's a lot of back cuts. It's a lot of ball screens. And look, they defend the hell out of you. I think eight and a half is a lot of a, a lot of points here for a team that defends as well as St. Peter's. Uh, I like the dog here. Yeah, my concern would be them at the free throw line, although they've shot it well during the tournament, Michael, and North Carolina. And mm-hmm. that is one thing about St. Peter's is so aggressive defensively. They will send you to the stripe and North Carolina hits the free throw. So I think that could become yep. that could come into play here. Yeah, and, and I think, look, you know, the one thing that you really know is that you is whatever Kenny Smith said. I mean, the one thing North Carolina players know, these guys are going to back down. I mean, they're not going to back down. And so you're going to have to finish this off. You're going to have to play the last five minutes with, with unbelievable intensity and be able to make those free throws, which North Carolina can do, certainly. Yeah, it's an interesting angle for those that are saying St. Peter's is good. We've known it all year. And Holloway talking about, well, you're going to continue to doubt us? Yes, St. Peter is doubting you. You're a commuter school. Yeah. Nobody heard of you. And so this is, this is what makes it innately, this is what makes it a great story, the fact that you have been doubted. Build on that. Okay, that's my soapbox. Miami. Well, I mean, what do you think Rick Patino's thinking today? I mean, Rick Patino yeah. dominated. I mean, he was thinking, you know, how about Sienna? Sienna beat him twice. Rick Patino beat him twice. And then he stubs his toe in the tournament. And then Iona doesn't go. And St. Peter's comes right in. It's you, just, as Will's it, playing great at the best time is really ultimately what this tournament's all about. 100%. Miami as well. Let's go. Miami, Kansas. Uh, Abaji struggling. Miami's rolling with those four guards. Six and a half opener down to five and a half. William Hill, what do you got? I like the dog again. I think there are some sixes out there. Uh, at least there were like an hour or so when I looked. Uh, again, I don't like to take five when you t- could have taken six, six and a half, seven. That's usually a bad way of doing things. But I just love their guard play. You know, they, they don't turn the ball over. And when you don't turn it over against Kansas, you give yourself a chance. You keep them out of transition where they are lethal. Uh, I think Miami, it, it, you know, with McGusty and Moore and Wong, those guards are really difficult uh, to defend. You know, maybe Kansas has to adjust to them and, and go small ball, which I think would play into Miami's hands. I think this is, a, you know, a one or two possession game. Uh, I could actually see Miami winning the game. Uh, if you look at Kansas's path here, I don't think we've ever seen a softer road to the Elite Eight to the Final Four than, you know, a 16 seed, then a beat up Creighton team, then an overachieving Providence team, and now Miami. Uh, I don't really trust Bill Self. I don't trust this Kansas team. I think you can make them uh, a half court team. You can beat them. Uh, I like Miami here. 
You know, but, Will, it's funny you said that, though, but when this tournament, when the seedings came out, our first reaction, I think unilaterally yeah. by everybody at the network, was that Kansas has an easier path. And who would have thought that they would play a 10 seed in the Elite Eight? You know, I mean, and so the, and we thought it was an easy way to get there without upsets. Now they had the upsets, and here they are. Here they're left standing. Yeah, it's just been, it's been a ridiculous path. And even a Creighton team, you know, who is not a great team to begin with, they were beat up only playing six guys. And I thought they played terribly against Providence. I think a lot of teams in the tournament would have beaten the other night. Providence just wasn't one of them. Providence, you know, couldn't score in the first half. Uh, Kansas was really lucky to survive Friday night. Hey, quickly, before we say goodbye, of course, the New York City cast, 91 and a half for the y Yankees are kind of like St. Peter's. Nobody really talks about them. Nobody's heard of them. But the Yankees, <laughs> Will's a big fan, 91 and a half. What do you got season win total? Lean over. I think they need something out of Severino. I think LeMahieu bouncing back is key and, and keeping Judge and Stanton healthy is important. Not way over. They didn't do enough to you know, make themselves a championship contender. I thought they had a terrible offseason. To not add Freeman or Sega or Cray or any of these guys is just embarrassing. For that payroll, to you know, to add Donaldson and Kiner Falefa is just a joke the way they do things now. I do think they you know, inch their way to 92, 93 wins, though, so barely over. Mm, I'm not sold. That wasn't a you great think pitch. Is he going to arbitration? Who's that, Judge? Yeah. Yeah, no, they'll sign him long term. And I think that's why, you know, Judge, Stanton, Cole, uh, you know, Gallo hit 35 homers against bad pitching. I think they have enough talent, you know, to beat on, beat up on the Baltimores and, you know, the, the Rangers of the world. I just, you know, I, I think they're a good regular season team. I just don't love them in the playoffs. All right. Uh, by the way, Michael, 76ers catching four at Phoenix today. What do you got? Wow. Yeah, that, that's just, that seems a little light, that line. is You know, to me, I know the Phillies played really well. They dominated the Clippers the other night. But, uh, you know, to me, that seems a little bit light, uh, particularly how well that Phoenix shoots. Be fun game to watch. Is that on today, this afternoon? That would be another yeah. one to watch. This chat, you're going to be flipping like crazy, Patrick. They're awesome. now the one seed. They're the one seed right now. I would take – I know. I saw – well, Miami got beat by the Knicks yesterday. This whole oh, blow-up with, with – with, yeah, I mean, they have not played well lately. Miami's not. I'm not sure you want to be the one seed. You want to play the Nets in the opening round? Uh, no. By the way, quickly, Michael, North Carolina, eight, eight and a half. What I do you like, got? I, I'm going to take uh, – I, I like the dogs today. I love Miami. I, I favor Miami. I'll take St. Peter's and the points, although my, my mind says I should take the North Carolina because I think North Carolina is going to play really good today. M. Lombardi NFL, Michael, enjoy your Sunday. My friend, I'll see you tomorrow see morning. See you tomorrow, Patrick. Okay. Thanks, Will Hill. The, beer, the beard Coda, looks good. Picture. Hey, man, the beard's sharp, bro. I'm sure your wife likes it, too. Will Hill, New York City cast, thank you. Got a good team. Femi and Mr. Burke coming up next. It's Lombardi Line, Visa and the Sports Betting Network. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. And that makes us FACET for life now, I guess. <laughs> Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. 
The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. The six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall, and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. 